So I want to start talking about with this idea of staying connected. How do you stay connected? And the Balatanya puts that as the most fundamental um, point in, in, in choice. Because when you recognize the power of connection and how profound it is to remain with a with a Bochul in that in that state, so you won't sacrifice that for something else. And therefore if you get distracted by some kind of deviant desire or doing something wrong and you recognize well this is going to obstruct the connection that I have, you'll you'll veer away from that and, and, and rather retain the connection. So this prompted for us a whole, whole exploration into what is connection, how does it feel? I mean, I, I'm not, I don't even know if I'm even aware of that connection, like what's going on with that connection, I have the connection, the connection with Hashem. So that led us to exploring different ideas of tefillah, and because Shmona is such a natural place that connection can occur. But then, recently we went off on a very different pathway to the idea of chesed, and Chesed didn't seem like the most uh, obvious location to find connection to Hashem because generally people understand Chesed in the connotation of, you know, me helping someone else and my relationship to another and what kind of profound spiritual thing does it happen? And then they, they, like, they like teased our thoughts back to the formation of the first believer. The man that introduced monotheism into the world is Avram Avinu. Now, Avram Avinu's impact on the world has been so profound that um, over 1.4 1, 1. billion Christians and 2.4 billion Muslims all look at Avram Avinu as their father in faith. And so, therefore, actually, the majority of the current world's population owe their spiritual connection to the innovation of Avram Avinu. So he was, he was an incredibly, incredibly powerful, impactful person. Arguably, the person that's created the most impact on the world ever, one could think. So what did he do? So what kind of things did he do? So when you, you look at, the, you look at the, the narrative in the Chumash, it doesn't actually say that Avram Avinu, like you don't get any of his long discourses on philosophy and the existence of God. In fact, when you when you when you when you look at the Chumash, it spends enormous amount of time discussing Avram Avinu's Chesed and how when three strangers came in the boiling hot desert sun and he was recovering from his bris milah, he ran towards them despite the fact that he wasn't feeling well and the the the, the weather was was incredibly difficult to deal with. And then it goes into the extreme detail of actually discussing. Now you're talking about the chumash. The chumash, you know, you can you can derive ten halachas from an extra letter or the crown on top of a letter. And yeah, the chumash discusses the menu and how they got there. No, oh, they had uh, they had they had the you know tongue for lunch. So that's like that's quite quite strange. Like you know, Avram Avinu, you'd think if he's if he's presenting himself as a father of monotheism, well, that should be the the real character trait that that comes out from from his uh, from his activities. You'd be like he'd be the guy. He'd be, he'd be the preacher. And really, the narrative of the Chumash should really say. And then Avram Avinu went to this place and he preached about God. But like that stuff is 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 barely mentioned. It's like maybe there's a, there's a hint here or there, but the the real stuff, which is the chesed, that's gone into extreme detail. What's pshat? 
So, so we start to recognize that there must be some kind of uh, connection between chesed and and belief. Chesed and belief. There must be there must be some kind of intrinsic connection between chesed and belief. And so, what we started to, to figure out yesterday, well, let's think about what the opposite of belief is. So we know that the that the Gemara says that a person who's called um, gasruach. Now, gasruach is such a such an interesting expression because gas means solid, and ruach means spirit. And the very defining nature of a spirit is its lack of solidity. So how can you be gas ruach? So, and and it's a synonym for for arrogance. Um, so why would you why would you describe arrogance in in that way as gas ruach? Um, seemingly, if you're if you're, you're an arrogant person, um, so so then you're, you're arrogant. <coughs> why why talk about gas? Gasra. <coughs> so Moshe Shapiro once explained, which was, which was a beautiful explanation. He described gasruach as if you think of a person, person's a ruach, person's a spirit, person's this unbound, unlimited front of energy. And really, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no endpoint. Person in the deeper sense of the word, you know, we've got, we've got infinite energy in a sense in our core. We're limited by our physical form, but the physical form isn't who we are. It's the way that that's carrying us. Imagine this. She saw this in, I thought it was very, very clever. It was an uh, animation of a light bulb about to go to bed speaking to his mommy light bulb. And the light bulb says to his mommy, um, Ma, what's electricity? So the mother says, "Well, it's it's what gives us gives us everything we are. It's, it's who we are." So the light bulb says, "But I can't see it." So the mom says, "Well, it's inside of you." So he says, "Well, then how come I, I don't feel it?" Well, you can't feel it because it is you. So it's me? No, it's not you. It's just inside of you. So it's outside of me as well. Yeah, it's outside of you as well. Well, and like you can see the light bulb trying to struggle with it. And then this notion of, I thought it was a very, very good analogy to an energy source inside that is so um, part of you that you can't see it. It's like, it's like, you know, if, if, there is, if the light bulb had consciousness and start to think about its relation to electricity, is we humans who have consciousness and we try to think about the driving force of inside of us, which is Hashem, and it's very hard for us to think about it because it's the thing driving us. So it's like it's so intimately connected that the consciousness can get you one step outside, but then you have to like, it's elusive. It's elusive. And when you think about the notion of gasruach, um, it means that if I don't have that consciousness that there's an unlimited power driving me, what am I going to do? If I don't, if I don't recognize myself as this 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 bulb which is just turned on by this incredible force, but I actually think that the force is coming from within. So what have I done? I've taken this unlimited force and I've given it very defined parameters. I've made it solid. So what Gasruach means, which is a synonym for arrogant, means 
solidifying the spirit. Solidifying the spirit means saying, no, there's actually nothing beyond the energetic existence of myself. I am the source of my own life. So I take the infinite and I finitize it. Or oh, there's no such word. I make it finite. So when I make the infinite finite, that's the ultimate um, that's the ultimate description of blocking out Hashem. Blocking out Hashem is a syn- is narcissism is a synonym for blocking out Hashem. Because a narcissistic person puts the end point of the experience of self with their quantifiable, <coughs> measurable experiences, and their experiences become reality. The reality they experience is the reality they think of inside of their heads, not the reality outside of themselves. So the reality that they experience is a self-contained reality. So they take this infinite reality and they drive it inwards until it's only them. So this is a very, I apologize, convoluted way for me to get to the point that chesed is the opposite of the narcissistic narcissistic existence. It's when you see the other for the other. I can only do chesed to a person when I'm in touch with what they want. Not what I think they want, but what they really want. So in order for me to get what they really want, it means I have to get out of my fears and desires and see them for who they are. But those fears and desires which create the solidity of self obstruct the perception of a reality outside of myself and create this boundary of self which is called Gasruach. So actually the first step towards spirituality is the first step away from narcissism. The first step towards spirituality is removing the reality as self-invented based on our fears and desires and actually, no, it's, it's there not because of me, it's there because it's there. And then me stops becoming the entirety of reality and the other starts to exist and the other is beyond me and then I can make space for the Bo'odam in my life. And that's why it's very interesting. In, 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 in Torah, even though there's a meditative component towards within prayer, the meditative component is very different from standard meditations. In standard meditations... The relationship is fundamentally self-focused. In Tefillah, it's fundamentally (coughs) other-focused. It's about speaking directly to Hashem. So it's about the other. The engagement isn't about my own spiritual awakening. The engagement is about me feeling the need for Hashem. Now, many people misunderstand this in Shemana Esrei. Many people think that they have a personal place in Shemona Esrei. But actually, if you trace the the trajectory of Shemona Esrei, Shemona Esrei itself tells me it's not about me at all. In fact, if I'm a narcissist, I'll never be able to dove in. So, so let's, the, prayer, the way the prayer is designed, right? 3, 13, 3. Three parts. Now, a lot of people struggle with the first three brokers, not with the middle middle brokers. The middle brokers, what are we asking for? Well, we're asking for health. Well, you know, when someone's sick or you're sick, all of a sudden that broker becomes immensely irrelevant. Or brocha, we're asking for wealth in your money. It becomes immensely irrelevant. Um, and then, like, after the first six brokers in the middle 13, then it gets, for many people, boring. You know, like, 
because then you, people can say the personal prayers and then all, all of a sudden people got plenty to say and plenty to be there. Um, so I'll give you a start. The Vilnagon says in one place that you should have no personal prayers in Shmona Esra, even in Shmona And another point is we play, we pray in the plural, which when you say is not what we often think, which is please Hashem give me wisdom. No, no, it's please give us. There's no space for the individual as an individual in the Shmona Esra. So what is it all about? Well, it's actually about, it's actually about Avoidah. Now, Avoidah, that's what Tefillah is called, called in Divrei Chazal, it's called Avoidah. Avoidah means service. Now, who serves whom? Well, the servant serves the master. So in the relationship of Tefillah, who's the master and who's the servant? Well, I'm the servant and Hashem is the master. Okay, now, who requests what of whom? The master asks the servant what to do, not that the servant asks the master what to do. So if I'm a servant, do I ever go up to the master and say, Dear master, I would like you to do this and this and this for me. The master would say, One second, I think you've got this relationship the wrong way around. I come up to you and ask you what to do. You don't come up to me and ask me what to do. So now you see how we distort the prayer and we make it narcissistic as well. We think prayer is all about ourselves. And in that relationship, we shift it. And we say, oh, what a beautiful opportunity for me to tell God what he needs to do for me. And then he becomes Kiviachal, the servant, and I become the master. And that's obviously wrong. And it's all based on these first three brochas. Why? Because the first three brochas are when I get out of myself and I say, it's not about me, it's about you. And I say, um, I'm just describing it. I'm getting in touch with your greatness, with all the different aspects of who you are. You're so powerful. And I get a sense of the being that I'm relating to. Not me. When we say in the second bracha of Gvurais, we're not saying, please rescue me from my imprisonment. Please put me upright. We're saying, this is what you do, not me. It's got nothing to do with me. But people find it really hard to daven those three brachas because, but I'm not, if it's got nothing to do with me, I just don't want to be here. I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I'm here because I want my world. Not your world. I want my world because my world is everything that I want. My world stops. The world that I experience, my reality stops when there's nothing that is not directly relevant to me. If it's not relevant to me, so then I don't experience it as real. What do you mean? The Barolam wants the world to be a place of Kedusha Vatara. Is it? No. Isn't that disturbing for you? No, not really. Why? Because that is not my reality. I don't care about his reality. If I'm narcissistic, my reality, the only thing that seems real are my desires and fears. Nothing else seems real to me. So the fact that the world is an absolute tragic, tragic distortion of connection to Hashem and that the divine light is so, so, so clouded and not exposed, how do I feel about that? I don't really feel anything. Because I'm narcissistic, which means I'm totally involved and my reality is determined by my fears and desires. And those are the only things which I feel to be real. Intellectually, could I understand that those things was a problem? Sure. But it doesn't touch me. Just one second. So it doesn't touch me. So now when I enter into Twitter and I have to get out of myself and say, do you know what? I'm, I'm standing in front of a being that is greater than greatness. Great, greatness I can't comprehend. Mika moicha ba'elem Hashem. No, you're asking. means 
I'm scared of even praising you because there's no words. No, you're all silos. I'm scared to praise you. Meaning I can't say anything. It's too fast. It's too awesome. Do I have that experience when I dive in? No, I don't. Why? Because there is no Hashem. Why? Because there's only me in this world. And what do I do? I use the thriller of a vehicle of experiencing my realities to my fears and desires. So when I, t- I come to Atochen and Dice, I say, I need wisdom. It's a, di- it's a desire. It becomes relevant for me. When it comes to I don't need the whole world to be the whole the whole Israel to be together in Israel. Bother me, that's not part of my reality, so I ignore it. So actually Tfilah is is based on Chesed. It's about, based about seeing the other. In other words, the seminal point of belief in the being outside of me requires a relationship to Chesed, which means that others are visible, and that my world is not just this gigantic um, reinforcement of my own narrative in every aspect of the world. Let me make it a little bit clearer with a few examples. You ask a person, um, what's the, let's say you came to me and you said, you know, you just moved to off. What's what's the what are the shows like there? How am I gonna answer you? Tell me I'm gonna answer you. I'm gonna answer you based on how I've enjoyed the shows. Now, if you ask me how the shows are enough, I should really answer you, well, they are this and this and this. Based on, on objective criteria, you know, that they start these times, longer meaning, slow meaning, a wide variety. But I'll probably say something to you like, not so gishmak, or yeah, really gishmak. But what are they reflecting? It's not reflecting the reality. It's reflecting my own fears and desires. It's not telling anything about the shuls in Anof. It's only speaking about me. So now, how does this impact us in relationships? The way it impacts us in relationships is when I only see the world as being real, when it's my desires and fears. So how do, how do I see people? Well, if a person's difficult with me, to me, they're making me angry, the person is bad. It's not about the person, it's about the thing that they do to me. What is the person? Well, actually, I don't know what the person is. So ironically, the first step in stepping out of our narcissism is being able to appreciate that other people are people. And they have our entire world, which is independent of my perception. What happens very often in a relationship is because I'm experiencing reality is only things that I feel and desire and fear. When the person I'm connecting to doesn't subscribe to what I think is reality because I'm so caught up in my own world, the only way I can create coherence in my world is by forcing them to subscribe to the reality that I've created in my own mind. So in my own mind, this is how it works. I come home and I need um, I need to be a, I need to be approved. So I need everyone in the home to say hello to me. And they don't say hello to me. So in my world I experience that as rejection. So now I don't want to be rejected because I want to feel worthy. So what I have to do now is I have to control their reactions towards me so that they can create coherence in my own internal reality. But but that's ludicrous because they've got their own lives and the way they respond to me is based on their own 
stuff. So when I start to try to impose my things on them, so now if they subscribe to it, that creates a codependency. That they now doing what I need to be done, not because of them, but because of me. So it's not themselves relating to me, it's me coercing them to be something that I need. So now they cease to exist as they cease to exist. I don't see them. I just see them as much as they're serving my needs. But when they have it, I don't see them. So I can never do chesed to them. I can never relate to them. I can never love them. Is that them, do, them doing a chesed to you? And when you do a chesed to someone else, then you're doing the same thing? No. If they're doing it, not because they feel compelled, but they have sensitivity and they volunteer it, not because of my compelling them or controlling them, that's a completely different story. Then they seeing me. I may still not be seeing them, but they seeing me. But when I demand it of them, and get, how do I know I'm demanding it from them? If I get angry with them for not doing that. Anger is the best and healthiest indicator of the fact that I'm trying to control everyone to be part of my narcissistic, my narcissistic my reality. So really, when we speak about even davening, the prerequisite is leaving behind the world that becomes trapped inside my own fictionalized version of things based on my fears and desires and making space for the Boreola and then when you see Tefillah it becomes uplifting because it's, this is how it works I recognize Hashem has a history with our nation and has powerfully influenced all mankind and specifically the Jewish people through the process of Avos with Avram Yitzchuk I get a sense of the majesty and power in Gvurois and I get a sense of the elevated meaning in Kedusha and then do you know what I do? I say, Barolam, I am your servant. Please give me the capabilities to bring about world perfect. So what do I need to bring about world perfect? Well, I need the awareness, the consciousness, what's called the das, the capacity to understand, which will then bring me to honing in to the correct behaviors, which is called chuva. Brocha das tshuva, which then will remove the obstruction called chait through slich and kapora, which will then give me the power to do, but I need to help your assistance. That's called geula, and I need to have health, which is called refua, and I need to have financial resources, which is called brocha. I've done now the first six brochas. The seventh brocha is, and we need Kaisa to be together as a coherent whole. That's the seventh brocha, Tekar Shaifa. We need the Sanhedrin to be up and running so that the Dvar Hashem can be implemented to the people. We need there to be no subversive elements with the Malshinim. We need the Tzadikim to be in the right place, which is Allah Tzadikim. We need Rishonayim to be built, which is Rishonayim. And then the Mashiach can come and we've realized the purpose of Matfila, which is to bring Mashiach, which is what he's saying. I'm doing this for you. Shema Koleinu, hear our prayers that we can serve you to make this world a place that you can dwell in. say, please, it should be pleasing to you. Thank you so much and make it coherent and accept in Shalom. That's the Shemon Esrei. It's service of Hashem. It's a Korban. It's me giving up my life for Hashem, not me making Hashem give up His life for me. Now, do you understand? Without removing the basic elements of our narcissistic existence, we can't forget about doing kindness to others and seeing them. Forget about even doing kindness, seeing them. We can't begin to daven. 
How does Hashem feel if we skip a davening on purpose? They're asking. And your next davening that you go to. Okay. So okay. So now let me ask you a question. That's a great question. How does Hashem feel if we skip a davening on purpose? Let me ask a question. Is that question relevant to you? Have you still skipped a davening on purpose? Um. No, but let's say, let's say I don't feel like that. Let's say right. I legitimately have. Like is that, is that a feeling that you have? Sometimes, yeah. And you really just push through, but then what I end up doing is just rushing, and it doesn't feel right. real. Right. So, so, so I'm, I'm going to use this as an example, not to 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 delegitimize what you're saying, but more to illustrate how beautiful this works out. We we talking about this whole share about narcissism and how we see things through our fears and desires. And you enter in and you say, I have a fear. Forget the share, forget everything else that's going on in the room. I have, I have a fear. My fear is this, or my desire. I don't know how to deal with my personal relationship with Hashem and I'm doubling. And immediately, and immediately we moved from discussing something to your narcissistic world. I don't mean, I don't mean that threatening yeah. the heart, but you understand. Can I clarify what, yes, what, how do. it relates to the sheer? Yes. Because uh, of like how when you walk into the house and you want to be acknowledged, that I feel like in a way prayer is doing that. Yes, like really. and that was an example of narcissistic behavior. So, but so in but other words, go and acknowledge Hashem, then what? I'm saying, let's just, I just want to bring up the point. The point was that the difference between narcissistic behavior and healthy, kind behavior is that narcissistic behavior is based on my fears and desires I experience in reality. So if I'm listening to a sheer and filler and I have a fear about my own personal davening, so my narcissistic self will ask the question which is related to my own personal fears. Because it's not about the topic, it's about me and my issues. And I'm just pointing out to you, because I love you dearly, I'm illustrating that over here, that the issue that you brought up, if I asked anyone else in the room, did they feel that there was the next obvious point to discuss? Do you think that there was an obvious point to discuss? I don't think so. I think there was something which was bothering you. I don't think it was bothering anyone else. Meaning, I don't think anyone else in the room had the question is, does Hashem care if you skip a thriller? I don't, I don't think, was that the first thing on, in your answer? No, I'm, I'm not saying it to, to deride you. I'm saying it to, to illustrate, just like me and you and everyone else in the room, we are so narcissistic, we don't even realize it. And today, the discussion about how I don't see the world outside of me, me we, we getting caught in the world inside of me and we don't see the world outside of us. I'm not saying you, I'm saying me, I'm saying everyone. I'm trying to make that obvious to you and I, I think you're struggling to see it I, I hear how it seems like a unrelated point but I feel like it at least somewhat connects I'm not saying it's disconnected I'm saying the connection point is your personal fear not the topic because, it only came out because of this paradigm shift correct seeing prayer is something totally not about right there was a point that that, that stimulated your own relationship to yourself and are you okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? Is Hashem okay with me? Am I being rejected? Am I being accepted? Those are fears. And this point, giving a new perspective here, triggered that... Okay, fine. So let me, let me rephrase. Okay. Why do I need to pray? 
because you're 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 a servant of Hashem and that's your job in this world. I mean, why do you, why why were, why were you given life in the first place? Wasn't it surely to bring more kedusha light into this world? So it's the most obvious answer in the world is to bring more light into this world. Via the sort of korban. What are you saying? You're saying, I want more wisdom in this world. I want more people coherent with the Ratzin of Hashem called Tshuva. I want there to be no hate. I want you, you're trying to bring Kosh Baruch into the world. Isn't that the most obvious thing that you're created for? So, why is the jump, instead, it's not about me, it's about Hashem. Why isn't it, it's not about me, it's about everyone? Well, everyone, in what context? I can also say, protect the Amazon rainforest. Like, and Does that, I feel like the jump should be, since it's not about me, I should be saying every, that Hashem should give everybody. Right, that's All of us. Not me. Everyone. Right, that's exactly it. So part of prayer is sort of giving to everyone. Absolutely. That's not part of prayer. That is prayer. That's the Shemana Esrei. Called Philip and Sibrit, is it? It's not part of it, is it? But it's all just the means to the goals, like making the world. Right, being more boyolim into the world. Do you understand, my dear friend? Are you, are you starting to see how, like, how pervasive narcissism is that even when we try not to be, we are? Yes. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Scary. I, Aiden Nussbaum, have learned my lesson. Yes, I hope so, Aiden. <laughs> Can't send the shade. Aiden Nussbaum. Yeah, no, but he, I mean, Aiden, you're, you're, you're just like, you know, you're just, just a normal human being who's struggling with things that all human beings struggle with. Right? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so I think that's something that we have to this is a sugya which is like so fundamental to understand it touches literally on every almost every thought and every discussion every sentence and every interaction we have and if we can kind of crack the code to how we can slowly start to creep out of our selfish shells and see the world I mean this will be magnificent right we'll, we'll be given the gift of a universe that until now has just been this only little me and that's why the great people of 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 Christ are called Gedoidim. That means they're big. How, how do you make something big? Well, if I'm only me, I'm only ever going to be small. But if I can understand you and you and you, and the more people understand, the bigger I become. So ironically, my bigness is the minute I move myself out of the way, then I can become big. So ironic. And the more I focus on myself, the smaller and smaller I become. And you're suggesting through a prayer is the way to meditate on other people? No. That if you don't have it, then prayer doesn't work. I haven't just said, how do you get there? Right. Good question. You're not saying uh, prayer is the way to get there. You're no, saying prayers prayer is a prerequisite for prayer is that you're there already. Otherwise, otherwise, it's just a meaningless experience, which is why for many people, it's a meaningless experience. I mean, many people, the only point of, of enlightenment thing in prayer is the point where it can become narcissistic. When I'm, and, and even then, when they say the brocha, generally they forget it's pluralized. So they don't say, heal us. They say, heal me. They don't say Atochen give us wisdom, they give me. They don't say the word, but that's the intention. Right. Right? So it means that they can't relate to prayer. Most people can't relate to prayer. Why can't they relate to prayer? Because they can't relate to anything outside themselves. And the, like, the value of people having wisdom. 
like you're saying, for example, if you can't understand the value of people having wisdom, then you're not going to care asking for people to have wisdom. No. Who cares about anyone else? I want to be wise. Because my rea- the, the thing I experience is real is me. Nothing else is real. But you have to know the value of people having wisdom. Okay. Right. If you start with the yeah, yeah. not only do you have to be out of narcissism, but you also have to be aligned to the goals that the Bodhi wants from his world. Not only wisdom. You want yeah, people yeah. to have din. You want, there's, a, there's a whole world that you're trying to build. It's you want to Shalai Merakodesh. You want Semech no, Tovik. It's like a servant, like asking the master for like the tools to do what his service can say. Saying, "Master, I know. Let me just. This is our, this is the job you want to be done in your world. Let me just show you how aligned I am to what you want to be done." But it's like asking for the tools to do the work. Right, right, yeah. right. In other words, you're going into you're going into, as as a way like knocking the door. You say, "Okay, listen. We need to do this." You want me to build world perfect? Okay, let me tell you what I'm going to need for that to facilitate the job you're going to give me. You know, it's like it's a little bit Marshall Mado Doime, Lahavdil Elif of Dollars. Is like, you know, when, when Jane Bond goes to like Mrs. Pickwick, what? what's her name? When Jane Bond goes and he gets like sorted out with all these spy equipment. Mm. Q? Mrs. Mrs. Q. Mrs. Q. Wait, do they change it? I don't know, whatever it is. Because uh, because Q, whoever goes to, and says, okay, for your mission, you're going to need this and this and this and this. But it's only for your mission. Think about it like this. The Shemani Ezra is broken up into three different components, comprising of three brochas, 13, and another three. Now, the first three brochas are the brochas that many, many people struggle with. The middle brochas people have an easier time with. For example, Atta Khoyen and Olam requesting 